Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Corn Stream, another Cinesnob, yet another Cinesnob podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Vifania. And we are joined once again by actor, writer, producer, director, Greg Sestero from The Room and uh, writer of the Disaster Artist book and uh, Best Friends. Greg, great to talk to you again. Great. It's great to be back. Um, I definitely had a blast with the... One of your suggestions. Um, still thinking oh, yes. about it. Still, still trying to figure out what the hell I watched uh, and, and how I and how <laughs> well, I feel about it. At this it. point, it could be either one. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, we talked a little bit earlier. You, uh, you're currently quarantined. Uh, we talked about it last episode. You're, you're currently quarantined in Arizona, uh, shooting uh, or, or editing the horror film you shot there. Um, is there any kind of, uh, kind of, uh, of... No, it's, it's kind of turning into a real life horror. I mean, it's, kind of <laughs> I, I should have thought of this idea before I made the last one. Cause it's kind <laughs> of a, it's kind of a perfect setup. Uh, no, but I, I gone on several hikes this week and I've come across, there was a mountain lion that was Ooh, very wow. close that I didn't see that was spotted that someone got a photo of. And then I came across a gigantic lizard on the path that I almost walked into, which I had no idea what the hell it was, but it ended up being called an Gila monster or something. I, I don't. Oh yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, so it's been a, an eventful, uh, few days. Um, but everything's good. Weather's been great. Uh, been, uh, been productive. And what we're about you- to talk about, I saw, I saw a good movie. So, uh, good, but I saw a movie. <laughs> a so, movie. Uh, are are you doing anything uh, other than working uh, creatively, other than working on the film right now? Are you writing anything else? Or you got any? Yeah, I got a couple of things up, I'm, uh, in I'm, your head. I'm having I'm having to work on. So again, it's kind of a perfect perfect time to get into a creative routine, and uh, you know, um, uh, next thing I'm kind of working on is a UFO movie. Um, Ooh. So again perfect place to be in for that I'm about four hours away from where that i don't know if you guys ever saw that movie fire in the sky uh yep. from where that took place so um anyway it's kind of all coming together <laughs> i every time i think way. of fire in the sky i think of them like pouring that weird milk into his eye yeah same here that's oh, yeah. abduction that's the scene, scene that, that's the scene that struck me the most uh when i saw it as well <laughs> Uh, so are you, uh, um, how, how far are you from civilization out there? Are you able to, to still like get groceries and food easily or is it, is it tougher? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all, uh, I can't complain. It's if I was going to pick a place to be, uh, quarantine, it's, you know, it's pretty perfect cause you're as isolated as you'd want visually, but you know, pretty comfortable in the sense of where you go. I'm basically on a house mm-hmm. on a hill. So, you know. I guess you could say the haunting of Hill House, uh, but now it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty, uh, it's pretty great. Can't complain. You, if you need to defend it from the zombies, you you've got a good vantage point. Yeah, I think actually the street sign says Cloverfield Lane, so I I feel <laughs> oh shit pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so long as the address isn't ten Cloverfield. Lane. <laughs> That was that was yeah, the movie, I feel right? Like I kinda, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, I kind of feel like John Goodman, where I had this bunker just kind of set up for this situation, and you know, so 
And you kid, you just don't kidnap a woman who was in a car accident. And uh, yeah, that's true. Just let's be, just edit be, that uh, part out. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll kidnap the. the, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be any people who like who gets like who are really comfortable in quarantine, and this is just like their new lifestyle once this is all over. Well, I think people will develop like they're going to move and 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 like yeah, I know a lot of people are doing like group hangouts and chats and. So I'm sure out of you know coming out of this, people have new habits that hopefully you know hopefully they'll be positive ones. Do you have you done any of the the group uh, chats or the group happy hours or anything like that? Um, I've had you know a, f- a few you know I've kept in touch you know but n- nothing crazy. It's actually like I was saying, it's kind of been nice to to kind of be isolated and kind of force yourself to to do nothing mostly. Um, but, you know, thankfully, you know, friends and family are all doing well and in a good spot. So that's, uh, you know, that's yeah. been, that's been good. Yeah. So is there anything, uh, anything you miss doing right now that you can't do? I know you, you like the isolation right now, but is there anything that you're like, you think in the back of your head, like, oh, I just want to go do this. And you're like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I think it's just I think just options, just the th- just the thought of be- being able to do it, uh, even more so than doing it, to me is um, is what I've noticed. Uh, you know, just if the idea of going to see a film or meeting up with friends or even walking through town or you know, I think just the, the thought that you can't, I think, is what has been uh, the most affecting. Um, you know, I obviously at this time right now we'd be like getting ready to watch the NBA playoffs and going to a sports oh, bar yeah. and you know I think those kind of things kind of the the habits that you've built up and the things you look forward to you know as small as they may be is just uh, I think that's kind of what's the most uh, dislocating for me. You know, it, it's it's funny that you say that, like how you, you like to go somewhere and then we can hear like an idyllic bird <laughs> tweeting in the background of your of your, of your call. It's oh, like yeah, just the gorgeous the gorgeousness of nature. Like I just I just want to go to Applebee's or something. <laughs> it is it is too a little. <laughs> you got like a soundboard there. You're just pushing the bird button. Yeah, I'm adjusting the sunset color right now. God. <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny juxtaposition to, to where, like, the, the last episode that we did with 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 my friend uh, and comedian Jerry Rocha was very doom and gloom when we were talking about things, and, and I think it's just it's affecting people differently, and I think this just goes to show that you know, for him as a comedian, you know, he's he hasn't been on stage in three weeks, and it's the longest he's been gone without being on stage since he was out of high school. And so for him, it's, it's this crazy thing where he can't perform and do these things. And then, and then, um, and then like you're in a position that's really awesome too, that you can continue to work on your, on your film and, and not be heavily impacted. Like that didn't happen in the middle of shooting where you had to, you know, change things around. So yeah, it, it is, yeah, no, it is totally. great to hear that kind of, that positive spirit that's happening that I think a lot of people are very doom and gloom um, about these things. And and I think it would be nice to hear more people who are like, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, it's forcing me to, like you said in the previous episode, take a break and like go on hikes and do all of this stuff. Like there's, there are ways to kind of, you know, obviously it, it sucks in a lot of ways, but there's also a lot of 
you know, positive, you know, self-work or things that can be done during this time? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I've been really fortunate in a lot of ways. I, I just, I feel especially, you know, like South by Southwest was canceled. You know, I really feel for those filmmakers oh, yeah. and artists that work so hard to get their, you know, their film in and they were so excited for their premiere, you know, having experienced that a few years ago with Disasters, which you guys were at. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what what an incredible time and, and a, a springboard for your project to get out there and get on, you know, get on its way to have that taken away is, you know, you know, you don't know if you're going to get that chance again. And that's to me what I really feel for is people that had their, um, their hard work kind of put on hold or stripped away or, um, so they, I think luckily, you know, speaking for myself, I was kind of perfectly set up to kind of sit back and, you know, take some time and just, just actually relax and, you know, keep continuing to be creative, but not having to be forced or rushed to do so. So, um, like I said, in that sense, I, I feel really fortunate, but yeah, I just feel for those people that are this things were kind of ripped away from them. They've had to to reevaluate what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's it's um, everyone's handling it differently. I mean, I, te- I mean, I'm technically still I'm still working from home, and it's a different experience. Um, you know, it has uh, led to like the cabin fever for me, where you know I end up. We're, my wife and I ended up painting like half the house already. So um, I don't know that you'd call that necessarily creative, but it, it is a, a different outlet for it than, you know, than I would have had before. Um, so, so let's, um, let's go ahead and transition now. Um, let's get to our picks. What do you say, Cody? Are you ready to, to lose this one? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm uh, not the most optimistic here. Uh, as I said, at the end of last episode, I feel like I was, uh, uh, under some circumstances that that you were not aware of, uh, that, yeah. that that placed you in a bit of an advantageous position. So currently, uh, just as a reminder for everyone to uh, to the format of the show, uh, at the end of uh, last episode, uh, Jared and I each made our selections of recommendations for Greg, and um, uh, Jared selected the Shaggy DA. Um, and I selected Rookie of the Year. Um, Our theme was Disney Plus Films. Yeah, Disney Plus Films, and uh, currently the scoreboard stands at two to zero in my favor for recommendations. Again, the way the point system worked that is completely arbitrary and means nothing is that uh, <laughs> you and I get one point each if our guest selects our movie, and then we get an added second point if the guest enjoys the movie and would also recommend it to someone else so and that's just a little thing i added this time around because it sounded you son of a bitch (laughs) i mean okay fine it's just if the other person liked it that's whatever all right you know what i know you're protective of your points now that you feel like you're gonna win here but um uh so yeah so um it was a shocking revelation at the uh, on the previous episode that uh, Greg has a long history with the Shaggy Dog, and um, as it was a punch to the gut, to be honest, from my perspective, because I was really <laughs> feeling like uh, like I, I was really going to win him over with a uh, with a classic Thomas Ian Nicholas film. But uh, uh, as it turns, well, you know what? So you know. You know, to be honest, Rookie of the Year was a movie that I watched all the time because I was a pitcher growing up and in high school. And believe me, I had my time with Rookie of the Year. 
do the lines, try to throw those weird curveballs. So I've spent a lot of time with that film, believe it or not. Mm. So so let's let's without further ado, Greg, which film did you pick? I uh, sucked it up and went for the Shaggy DA. Um, <laughs> Yay! So you uh, you yeah, said you sucked know, it up. So well, okay. So let's do, for I'm starters, just... it's, it's it's directed <laughs> by Robert Stevenson, and Robert Stevenson mm-hmm. also did Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Yes, five years earlier. And he also did Mary Poppins, which I think was nominated. He was nominated for an Oscar. But let's let's talk about the Shaggy yeah. DA. So, okay, um, <laughs> they are very different. What, yes. <laughs> so what I loved about the Shaggy Dog is it's you know kids growing up in a house. The brother ends up getting into that spell, and he's dating. And so there's a lot there's a lot of places that story can go. It's black and white. It's, of course, it has Fred McMurray. Mm-hmm who I love, who was in Double Indemnity. Um, just a great actor. I mean, again, I was very familiar with, you know, Tommy Kirk and the brother, and, and uh, the girls were great in it. Uh, Annette Funicello played um, yeah. one of the roles who was, like, a big Disney star at the time. So Shaggy Dog was just, I don't know, I, mean, I think the black and white thing also really helped. It was just something growing up that it really spoke to me. So, so here we are. Uh, Will B. Daniels is now grown up, played by Tim Conway, I think, who's, you know, different actor. No, Dean Jones. It's Dean Jones, okay. Shows how much show, shows how much I paid yeah. attention. Um, so then... <laughs> so, <laughs> Those are very now, different people. <laughs> he's now... <laughs> he looks like a Tim Conway, though, right? So, so they're, you know, he's grown up now. <laughs> that is fair. Um, and, uh, you know, but I got to say, so it's in color. Because now it's in 1976. Uh, and the kid, um, you know, what I liked about Shaggy Dog is the, the brothers don't really get along. So when the brother turns into the Shaggy Dog, the brother's like, can you just stay this way? I like you more as a dog. So there was a little mm-hmm. bit more comedy there that I thought worked. And Fred McMurray as the dad was, you know, kind of intimidating. And, and, and then he's got to go to high school and he gets embarrassed when he gets turned into a dog in front of the girl that he likes. But with this... You know, as the DA, I, I just felt like, I don't know, the stakes were a little different. Uh, it looks like they filmed in the same location as they shot the 1959 version. Um, and it's very, it's very Disney backlot. Yeah, it's very Disney yeah. backlot. And it's like, it's unashamedly just the streets of Burbank around the studios. It is. Yeah. I noticed that too. It was like, I recognized some of the, some of the bars and yeah, stuff. <laughs> but I thought I I thought it what what's what I did like about it is it kept a little bit of the darkness that the first one had. Like I didn't like what you were saying about Pinocchio where they didn't shy away from certain moments that might be uncomfortable. Shaggy Dog did that as well. Um and this one did it too. I mean their dudes are like shooting at him as a <laughs> as a dog. <laughs> was like, I was like, okay, okay. Uh but um I I thought I'm trying to think the will will be Daniels thing kind of threw me off. Took me a while to kind of it that that now he's that's it's only like 17 years later and he's a middle aged man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that threw me off a little bit, and then I kind of put that aside and tried to you know get into the story. Um, I did think the second half was more engaging, um, mm-hmm. and I thought the 
turning to a dog. You know what I thought with this one? I thought he turned into a dog too often. I mean, that might sound kind of ridiculous to say, but in the first, <laughs> in, the, in the first one, he would it was used a few times, and every, each time it happened, it pushed the story forward, and it was at a moment where you actually cringed. But here, that spell that they used, I felt like just got thrown around, like it was just nothing. And then he's like driving the car, and its owner is now trying to come after him. I felt like they didn't have as much. Um, the timing didn't, they didn't have as much to do in this one, and therefore they, they relied on the dog trick a few too many times. It, it felt mm-hmm. a little redundant. Um, I do think had they just waited until recently and cast Tim Heidecker as Wilby Daniels, um, <laughs> I think they would have had a better shot at, at capturing the magic. But I mean, overall, I, I mean, the Shaggy Dog, the original, it's was such a fun film. And it was also, I think the most profitable Disney film, uh, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge hit. I think, yeah. And and I see why it was just something that was kind of fresh and fun. And again, I think the story works a lot better when you're dealing with like a high school kid trying to fit in a district attorney. Um, (laughs) that was one thing that I found really funny. It's just like how ridiculous, like Like, you couldn't have picked like president or something. Yeah. It was just, it was a little goofy, but like I said, as it picked up, I, I, I did look forward to seeing how it was going to resolve. Um, I didn't see an ending in sight just cause I was just like, what, what are they going to try to pull <laughs> off here? And then they, you know, like I said, the guy shooting at the dog, I thought was like, okay, they're, they're, they're going, they're going for it. But um, I mean, I, in the spirit of the story, I thought it was fine. I just, to me, um, the first one is so sacred. And again, I love that it was in black and white. I think it helped the effects a lot more. Um, yeah, you know, so, but, you know, I do need to now go watch Miss, Mr. America. That's what it's called. Right. With Tim. Heidegger. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're, uh, it's referenced uh, ref- heavily, uh, influenced by the shaggy, DA. <laughs> which again, I, I, I thought like when you were mentioning the shaggy, yeah, I thought you were just saying the shaggy dog in short, but I was like, why not just say dog uh, <laughs> i didn't know that was a, there was a sequel so i'm really appreciative that that was brought to my attention and i got to kind of step back into that world for a little bit but uh i think uh, i mean bed like we said bed knobs and broomsticks felt like three films um but i think shaggy da i thought it uh i thought it moved pretty well and but you know at the end of the day it just I don't know. Maybe miss Tommy Kirk, and I wish uh, mm. I wish we got to see more of him. But again, I'm I'm thankful that you guys even brought to my attention that there was another Shaggy Dog movie. So <laughs> it's so it's so I'm not I'm not. I was just quickly going to say it, it is funny that that you mentioned that that it sounded wrong because when that joke happened in Mister America. I actually didn't realize that it was an actual movie. Like, like Jared had to be like, "Oh no, that's an actual movie that exists." Because I was like, "There's no possible way that a dog was running for district attorney." And uh, turns out, yeah. I mean, it's a patently it's a patently ridiculous setup. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even like, and, and the fact <laughs> the fact of it is, first of all, it's lit like a sitcom. I don't know if either of you noticed that. Like, it's just this indifferent lighting. Um, the cat, the the 
like people cast like six shadows because they're in like a big uh just super super lit um um sound stage uh it, you know there's <laughs> it's clearly shot outside uh like just in in the streets of Burbank you know there's the Bob's big boy that everyone passes by is right there um it was also you know, released I, as like it was released as a Christmas movie in 1976. Like it was released during the Christmas season. Yeah, and it's um, you know it it seems, and I don't really, I didn't really follow this closely. I don't really know how many Disney sequels were being made to live action things. I don't know. It seems like an outlier to me, and I, I maybe maybe I'm wrong with that, but it it's. <laughs> One of the most interesting things always to me is the stuff is based on, and this is based on a German novel that was set in like 1800s Austria. Like it's just this no, ridiculous that's, that's, premise. That's where the that's where the, the the Borgia rings probably come from. Like that whole yeah that whole plot. <laughs> yeah, but then but then you turn it into this the Shaggy DA. Somehow this this German novel became the Shaggy DA. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, I so Greg, I'm not really hearing a uh, recommendation from you. <laughs> well, I mean, look, let's, I? let's look at the New York Times said naturally the storyline is incredible and convoluted enough to give an uninhibited cast plenty of opportunities to clown <laughs> for unfortunately a minimum of real laughs. That's getting somewhere. Ooh. And then this this is this is surprising. <laughs> Roger Ebert gave the film or no no Sis, Gene Siskel awarded three stars out of four declared it far better than most of the live action comedies to come out of the studio in recent years. Mm, wow. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it came out. <laughs> in recent uh, but I think you're right. I think it kind of has like, I mean, it's a 76. So it's got a little bit of like that sitcom, almost like three's company, you know, like three's company came out like what a few years later, but, uh, yeah, I don't. I it mean, feels I like. Um, I I mean, I think a lot of it, a lot of that vibe too. I think, in my opinion, has to do with the presence of Tim Conway too, who's just basically being himself. He's even named Tim in the in the movie, uh, and I think that a lot of the humor comes from that. I I personally, when I was watching it, was like laughing out loud at how ridiculous some of the. Uh, effects and stuff were like there were two things in particular that really made me laugh one was them uh th where there was clearly a guy uh in a, or a stunt performer like in a dog suit <laughs> like through a lot of it and there's one scene where there's a there's an open window and and the dog slides down a rope out of a window that just yeah 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 like that cracked one, me up the cherry pie sequence was just like what's happening <laughs> wait Suzanne Pochette <laughs> was in the birds right she was, uh, in, she was in Rome Adventure in 62, and she was in Hitchcock's The Birds in 63. That's right, yeah. kind of, wow, okay. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I mean, th there's, um, you know, this was very much uh, um, sort of an all-star cast of, of people that you were like, kind of would forget about. And then Dick, I mean, Dick yeah, she Patton. was in The Birds, she was in... Yeah, he barely does anything in this film, but he, he, does, yeah, he he's... Uh, but she was in a, 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 you know, Suzanne Plachette was in several other Disney movies with the Blackbeard's Ghost, uh, also with Dean Jones and uh, the the Ugly Dachshund, and I mean, it's just, it's like a, a weird sort of repertoire company, like it's almost like this was a, uh, like the cast of some, 
you know, Saturday Night Live show. And I think, I guess with Tim Conway, you kind of get the Carol Burnett show vibe in there. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's very much a, uh, like, TV actors on break from their sitcoms cast. Yeah, yeah. I, I could totally see I, that. The, the other thing I was I was going to mention that I the, oh go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the other thing that I was laughing at was the was the way that the dog was talking and stuff. How they were just like moving the film back and forth and, and just ro- repeating and rotating it was really also making me laugh. Yeah, I mean, you, when you either like say something and he's like woof or something, it's just like. I, I don't know, like, if, <laughs> if, if, if you're going to watch, you know, if you're going to watch a Shaggy Dog movie, obviously the original, you know, pretty much nails it in, in, in getting it, pulling off a film that would work with this premise. But if you do see the first one and you're like, where could they go with this? Or, <laughs> I mean, I think that. I guess you could, you know, if you got 91 minutes to spare, I think Shaggy DA is, uh, you know, it's, it tries to be in the same vein. I think it gives you, like the New York Times says, a few, a few laughs. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, yeah, if you're wondering where the Shaggy dog would go, they decided on district attorney. (laughs) (laughs) So, so is am I hearing a mild recommendation, Greg? Stop trying to coax this, Jared. Let him be. Let him tell his truth. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it's worth a watch. <sighs> I mean, for me, like have, having loved the original Shaggy Dog, just just knowing there was a sequel was was amazing, and then getting to step back into that world, um, I I would barely recommend it. Barely. Ah, well, I'll take that. I'll take that as a as a as a clean sweep this week, Cody. Mm. Two points, all tied up. So, so, yeah, so let's cele- celebrate your mild victory. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. Let's move on to uh, the movie, Greg, that you recommended for us, Swiss Family Robinson. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your relationship with this film, Greg. Swiss Family Robinson was always one of my all-time favorites. Um, again, it feels like three movies. It feels like the shipwreck. It feels like them kind of loosely setting up. Then the kids go off to try to figure out who they are. They, around you know, I rewatched it. I didn't quite get that this time around. I was like, a, I, I was thinking plot-wise, like what what they were trying to do. Um, and then they, you know obviously have that rescue and go back. But I was just always obsessed with the idea of kind of building, you know, a life on an Island and, and being self-sufficient. And, and again, I, I'd seen old Yeller, so I love these characters and I was just kind of, I was fascinated with the, uh, you know, the, the shipwreck, the pirates. And it was just, I don't know. It was just felt like kind of this larger than life film at the time. Um, so I was always just obsessed with it and I always loved the idea of them hiding out and then getting ready for this battle to protect their home and coming up with all the booby traps and uh, just, mm-hmm. I, I, I loved it. But so when I, um, you know, when I rewatched it, um, personally, I, I, I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did as a kid. Um, 
it just seemed uh, a lot slower. Yeah. Yeah. This time around, and like not as much happened. Mm-hmm. And like the, the things yeah, that I lo- that I remember loving about it were like so far and few between that uh, I was surprised that my it kept my attention at that age for as long as it did. Personally. Yeah. That that is interesting um, when you phrase it like that because it's it's two hours and twenty four minutes I believe, and it's it feels like every bit of that and uh, <laughs> you know you know and it doesn't make it bad uh, but it is definitely a different style of filmmaking than you're used to now and we mentioned we talked about bed knobs and broomsticks before that thing being two and a half hours long and it just feels sort of endless at times. And I think one of the uh, one of the biggest surprises I had about the Swiss Family Robinson rewatching it uh, was how little the the whole treehouse aspect of it plays into yes. the I into the, the plot. It's, so it's just like a because I thought that was like one scene. Yeah, I thought that was kind of the whole thing. Um, you know, and you can see the you know obviously that's a huge cultural touchstone because I think people that don't even really know the Swiss family Robinson know that aspect of it. And, you know, that clearly influenced stuff like Gilligan's Island along with Robinson Crusoe, but uh, you know, just the whole, like making your way on a deserted Island by <laughs> building uh, pr- in- totally improbable <laughs> structures and stuff. But yeah, when the pirate stuff came along and the rescue um, I'd, I'd really, really forgotten about, the the uh the whole plot about rescuing the girl who was pos- posing as a boy very unconvincing <laughs> uh but i had yeah, for- i had yeah. completely I, forgotten about that same here it was like i remember loosely like the christmas part where they're like walking up but i just forgotten how big of a part that was and then i mean i just always remembered like the tiger and it was like the tiger mm-hmm. is like such an unsig- you know such an insignificant part of the film um, and yeah, it just, just is really spread out. And I mean, I think it for that time, it was, you know, it was pretty amazing what they pulled off. Um, and yeah. then I, you know, like the pirates, I remember just being so scared of the pirates. And now <laughs> this time I just kind of saw actors and wardrobe, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and then the, the, one of the other parts that they like trick a pirate and they like tackle the pirate. And then he's just dead. Like they just yeah. have like. <laughs> I remember that. Or like when they day, this, this huge when they blow the bridge just, like, up and those guys fall like three feet yeah, and they're yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought like I because I used to think those traps were so clever and like they came up with the logs and I just thought this is just so cool. But like, blow, you know, blowing up that bridge, like they'll just swim across. It's like three feet of water. It's not like gonna really. Yeah, they could literally them. walk across. Yeah, it was just like okay, the bridge is down. We'll just walk across the water. So like certain parts that I thought were so cool, seeing them now, I just saw. I just saw more of like a like a film being produced in a way that was less um, was less personal. I mean, there's still things obviously I enjoyed about it, but I I just I mean I used to watch that movie all the time, and um, I'm just trying to you know just trying to figure out what you know what I was so drawn to about it. Yeah, you, you, I um, I, this was my first time watching it, and 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 when you when you, I, I, I mean, I was having trouble. It was having trouble keeping my attention because I, I was very very slow, and and 
and when you said it was it was um it's like three different stories that kind of made me think about how this feels like a story that these days you would say oh this should be like a limited series or like a TV show yeah, or something like totally. that. Totally. Like when they leave to go on their own, that would be its own episode. And then you could take your time with it. Cause they kind of talk right. about like where they want to end up and where they want to go to school. So you kind of lose touch with, with being back on the Island. Uh, so that it definitely lends itself way better to being a, uh, like a, would be a series. Yeah. And, and the other part of it too was like, um, <clears throat> Jared, you and I were talking about it because when we were watching it, we were kind of messaging. We weren't watching at the same time, but we talked about it. But um, you had talked a little bit about how there there were two, well, two things in particular. One was how, you know, you had mentioned that the girl very much looked like a girl the entire time. And then as soon as it's revealed that she's a girl, she's immediately like escorted down a rock. And like, it's, <laughs> it's a very outdated kind of cultural thing. But also the idea that there were a lot of animals used in this film where it's very oh, clear that, that, that it's bordering on abuse. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that's one of the first <laughs> things I thought with the elephant. And then with the, I thought the exact, the ostrich, like those the exact same thing. Yeah, they're just right. those and those dogs. Those dogs really attacked that tiger. Like that was real. Like they were, there was nothing fake about that. I mean, I thought that was just like, kind of a risk in general to just do that. Like, I don't know if like, the trainers were there, but that just could really go wrong if like that whole thing. Yeah, I, well, there's like I there's forgot, a, there's like I forgot that even happened. Well, there's like ten different species of animals like treading water at some point in the movie. Like it's just, it's just oh, insane, yeah. man. Or like the zebra was that? Yeah, like, yeah they they was that, that was legit or what? I mean, I just yeah, that's crazy to me. I didn't know you could. I didn't know you could really ride an ostrich. I mean, I thought that that was just. I mean, a, I don't. I don't know that you can and should based on what you're seeing in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, that, again, that's a, pro- a total product of the time. I'm just kind of frankly, um, and maybe this isn't, sounds negative, I'm just surprised that it's not more kind of culturally offensive today, uh, viewed through today's lens as it probably could have been. You know, when you look at stuff like Dumbo and 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 other stuff that has like really outdated cultural depictions, um, you know, they're, they can be problematic for today's crowd but it does this have, one did it does have the um like a warning uh, if you if you look on disney plus where it gives the plot it does have like a little um a little notice that says like this film may contain cultural depictions that are you know out oh, of date or okay. whatever that's, that, yeah that's good i mean i i really don't think a lot of people have seen swiss family robinson a lot of disney fans that i've recommended it to have never seen it um but i just yeah that that is a point I was surprised at several things and that was definitely, definitely one of them. I, I do think because it's, you know, basically a survival film in a way where it's, you got, it's the family on an Island and they're just trying to, trying to survive and animals are there as well. I guess it's, they're trying to kind of push it that way, but it's, yeah, I mean, just the filming of it, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe when those dogs just straight up went after that tiger. Like I, <laughs> I mean, that, that is, that is like, yeah, it's a disaster waiting to happen. But um, hopefully, they ended up okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, uh, you know, all in all, though, I, I did enjoy it for what it was, what it's worth. Um, you know, it it is it's a different period of filmmaking, so it's it's you know it's gonna be 
you know, the animal abuse and other stuff aside, <laughs> uh, the pacing of it is going to be different, and I can't really fault it for that. But I just don't know how many people, uh, like, how many kids would appreciate it today. I mean, I, I the way that I saw it was that I think that that kids, may, and, and maybe this is why kids may have been drawn to it previously, but but I feel like maybe more so today is just the whole like booby trap nature of it, or like you know kids throwing grenades at people and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I mean, there's 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 a lot of that. Like, there's the kid who has like the coconut grenade and stuff, and. Um, you know, you know, I just, I think that maybe that that element of it, I think, is is interesting. I don't know that the 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 animal stuff feels so, uh, like um, like just like they they captured whatever footage that they could happen or uh, find and happen in the moment, um, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't feel coherent. I think at any point, it you know, there's there's meandering scenes of literally a guy trying to like mount an ostrich. Like it's like it's clear that it's not supposed to be happening. And so there's like a really long scene of a guy just trying to get on an ostrich. Like I and I and I don't think that like like maybe being interested in animals may rub people the wrong way, I think, these days. And that's an interesting thing. Cause I think that is a hook to the movie is like check out all of these animals, like a tiger and a zebra and an elephant. And I don't know that 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 the way that they're depicted, I think to a um, you know to a degree would be off-putting yeah it's almost like the, yeah, uh, uh, the, the special effect at the time like that was you know that was the cgi draw mm-hmm. is like you get to see this film you know it was filmed on location um in the islands i forget which one but uh yeah like they probably said we have all these it was like these a animals live action tobago yeah. i think Oh, what did you guys pick yeah. up on the, um, the, George, you mentioned, the George Lucas scene? What did you guys did you guys catch that? Yeah, I was I was gonna ask you about that. Are you talking about the, the tiger pit? It was in the it was in the river when the snake attacks them. That's right. Oh yes. That, Sorry. The idea yeah, of yeah. the uh, trash compactor scene where they're they're hiding in there and they get attacked. Oh yes, now I see it. I, I was I was thinking the tiger pit, but I, I was trying to, to square <laughs> To square that with how like the walls were closing in, but I get it now. The the Dianaga is what that monster's called for the nerds, uh, in the trash compactor scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I see it. I I thought that snake scene was was again very, very long. That <laughs> and snake, probably could yeah, have been not, cut. It was very it long. It was not putting up a fight, that snake. If you rewatch it, that snake is like <laughs> Yeah, yeah I noticed that. <laughs> it's that thing he just wants to be let go. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think uh, I don't think boa constrictors live in the water either. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, but I didn't think of that. I think all in all, I, I again, like as I mentioned, I did enjoy it. Um, you know, I had not seen it ever really all the way through. I watched it in pieces in elementary school during like rainy days um, in class, and Cody, Cody had never. Did you even heard you've heard of it, right? Sure, before? sure. I, I've heard of it, and and I think that I, I don't. And I think at some point I did know what it was, but but along the line, like I said previously, my wires got crossed, and I was thinking that it was a Cedric Entertainer. Uh, I think you know you know what it was. It was I, I was I was conflating Swiss Family Robinson with Johnson Family Vacation. <laughs> I don't. I don't even understand. I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It both. I don't know. It had a name. It had family in it. I. That's the most I can explain it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. This. Uh. This film 
And the other two we, we recommended, uh, Rookie of the Year and The Shaggy DA, are all available on Disney Plus right now. I have a, I have not- a, qu- I have a quick question for Greg. Oh, yeah. Out of those three movies, including the one that was my selection, what, what would you say is like the best movie of those three that you would go back to again? That's a good question. I would probably... I think Shaggy Day's out, <laughs> so it's between uh, <laughs> it's between Swiss and Rookie of the Year. Uh, if I had to watch one right now, I would probably I'd probably throw on Rookie of the Year because yeah. baseball season's canceled. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it just gets back to Swiss Family Robinson just being a little, a little too long. Um, yeah. I do like uh, parts of it, but I think uh, I, I don't know. I think what those movies did so well with the original Shaggy Dog and Swiss Family Robinson. If you growing up, you know, growing up with a brother and a sibling, and you kind of have that, you know, that dynamic. Those movies did a really good job of showing what it's like to. To have a sibling being getting along, you know, getting along or arguing, I thought those movies really resonated. But if you're watching them as an adult, I don't think they uh, they quite carry the same weight as they did. Yeah. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think they're still at that for their time when those came out. I think they were remarkable achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during yeah, their time. Well, not everyone wanted to uh, break their arm and get a spring-loaded tendon. <laughs> Some of us just wanted to be nice to our brothers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so uh, Greg, thanks so much for joining us for this uh, this show. This was a lot of fun um, revisiting uh, uh, these old movies that uh, either we hadn't seen or hadn't seen in forever. Um, I'm still kind of amazed that you had such a love for the Shaggy Dog. That's that's a pretty amazing random thing to have a be such a, a touchstone for for a kid especially someone who's not you know wasn't a kid in the 1950s um anything you want to want to plug before we go um i'm sorry go ahead i'm trying to think of a i you know i think if you are looking for a film to watch during this time we, we we mentioned it earlier i think throw on 10 cloverfield lane um ah it's really a great thriller um, especially during now, I don't, I don't, some people kind of probably want to escape from what's actually happening, but it was a really fun rewatch that I, uh, that I enjoyed and it'll get you ready for, uh, the horror film that I'm making. Hopefully whenever that does come out. Um, but yeah, yes. I would, uh, I would throw on, check out 10 Cloverfield Lane. I need to rewatch that because, um, uh, I won't. I won't get into details here, but I am. Oh, I'm, for fuck's sake! <laughs> I am something of a huge, massive fan of the first Cloverfield movie, and when uh, when Ten Cloverfield Lane came out, I was following like all of the 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 games and the online stuff, and I that was like I love that stuff. And then like um, the movie came out, and as we see, it's sort of a completely different thing that has like that's you can feel that it's like written about. Uh, like like it was like retroactively made a Cloverfield movie in that universe, and it's and and, yeah, and it, it, wasn't it wasn't anything actually, in the way that I was expecting, and so it wasn't even a Cloverfield movie. It was actually it was just a, a 
a horror three, you know, ultra low budget horror thriller that was made that was was really well done, but it didn't really have an audience. And it and, and I apparently, I guess, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams had it on his desk and said, "What do we do with this?" And they kind of made it part of the Cloverfield franchise. So it was not, it wasn't intended to be. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, was also yeah. written so- by uh, or co-written by Damien Chazelle, who also who did Whiplash and La La Land. La La Land, yeah. First man. Yeah, uh, I remember liking it. Uh, I remember liking it until um, the aliens showed up. Yeah, well, because that was that was Personally. that wasn't part of the film. I mean, that wasn't supposed to even be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, def- it definitely felt. It definitely felt tacked on. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't. It looks like it's not streaming anywhere for free right now, but you can you can rent it from. Uh, from two ninety nine from uh, two ninety nine from you know Google you know what YouTube is streaming Hulu, so. for free right now on Prime is disaster the disaster artist oh yeah ah, right. yes another that was another one of the point. first uh, the first movies I that, that was one of the first uh, movies film. I played on my Echo show oh okay. <laughs> yes yeah the disaster artist um, yeah. Uh, yeah, one, that was one of my favorite movies of uh, yeah. 2017. And, you know, you talked a little bit about the premiere at South by Southwest and, and imagining not having that. I will still, to this day, and I think Jared probably agrees, the premiere of The Disaster Artist at South by is, to this day, the greatest theatrical experience I've ever had, ever. Yeah, no, 100%. And 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 we had just seen Baby Driver, like, the day before. Mm-hmm. And that was that was an awesome experience, too. Yeah. But uh, just the the communal laughter that came with the disaster artist was, and just uh, Tommy Tommy being Tom, you and Tommy being in the room uh, was just it, it gave it gave it like this crazy energy that that was like electric and that like that that room the 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 laughs in that theater and just like man it was it was such a great memory. Yeah, there there and, was uh, just so um, much so much riding on that experience. You know, Tommy had never seen the film. Um, you know, we knew that. A24 was there. It was like kind of open, like who, you know, who should distribute this film? We had, you know, no idea what the, what the response was going to be. And I think uh, it was just so bizarre, like watching the film and Tommy kind of looking over at me, <laughs> like how the hell did they know what, exactly what my apartment looked like? Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things that it just, it was years of work to get there and, and, and just the fact, like, imagine if that was kind of taken away, like a couple weeks before. It's just one of those things that it's really hard to recover from. And so I, I've just been spending a lot of time realizing, like, how timing, how important timing is, and how grateful you, you should be for things that yeah. have gone your way. Because nothing, you know, nothing is is guaranteed. Nothing's given. Yeah. No, that was definitely something uh, that I won't soon forget. And uh, yeah, it, it is a bummer to that you know someone had that experience robbed from them. I mean, it's ultimately for the greater good, but um, it's just it's it's no fun to think about that. Um, yeah, so uh, um, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Facebook at Cinesnob Critic, uh, Twitter at Cinesnob. If you got a recommendation, Cody, right? You want them sent to podcast at cinesnob.net? Yeah, if you can send over, uh, send us a quick email and, and give us what streaming services you have. 
um, what movies you've been, uh, what, what kind of mood you're in. Because, you know, some people with quarantine want to watch something that's uh, challenging and they want their brain stimulated because they're not getting in elsewhere. And then some people just want to turn their brains off. So, you know, give us an idea of what you're in the mood for and then maybe what your taste is like, some movies that you've liked in the past, some of your all-time favorites. And uh, Jared and I will each come up with a personalized recommendation for you here on the show. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And then um, you can find us, obviously, if you found us, uh, we're available everywhere um, that podcasts are available. Uh, and if you can, uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, please leave us some positive feedback, five-star reviews, positive text ratings on Apple Podcasts. That'll help us get seen by more people. Cool. Uh, Greg, again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us. It was a lot of fun uh, revisiting Absolutely. this Disney stuff. Um, good luck out there. Good luck out there in the wilds of Arizona. Don't uh, pay yeah, attention for mountain to mountain lions. Right now is right where the yes all the bats make their flight for the evening. So it's a perfect oh, time to God. Uh, sit, it sounds miserable. <laughs> sit out with a glass of wine. It sounds miserable out there. <laughs> God. Yeah. So I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. I'm Greg Sestero. <laughs>